Welcome, spooky friends. Hello, hello. How are we all doing this fine day? Hot. Yes, hot as balls. It's hot as balls. The chub rub is real. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot you call it that, and it's amazing, <laughs> and I love it. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, you're going to see behind the, the curtain. We're actually recording on July 2nd which is a Sunday, and this happens to be my nanny's birthday. Happy Ruby. birthday, nanny. It would have been, you know. But, yeah, so we are th- thinking of her today. We're going to talk about spooky, slightly dark things, but <laughs> we're thinking of her. And funny story, though, her, her birthday might have been yesterday. So here's what she always told us. She always said that when she was born, her mom, when she filled out the birth certificate way back, it was just like 1920, whatever. And um, she said that her mom put the wrong date, that she put July. I can't remember which it was. She either put July 2nd when it was actually July 1st, or she put July 1st when it was actually July 2nd. I don't remember which is which now, but that's what she always said was that her birthday was she would on one of those days she would joke and be like it's my birthday but not really (laughs) so that's so funny that's like that's like unusual too right because nowadays you know the hospital fills out the birth certificate and stuff and you know you can't really mess that up yeah yeah but back in those days Mm -hmm. what year would that have been 1920 I want to say it was six. 1926 is when she was born. So, yeah, quite a long time ago. I believe she would have been 97 this year. She, she yeah, she would have been 97. So 97 years from this year. <laughs> That's too math. much math. Math is hard. <laughs> math Screw that. is so hard. <laughs> There's anyway. a reason we're podcasters. Yes. And if you guys are in our Facebook group, you have probably seen recently a post where I just snapped a picture of uh, a wall of my office that has like spooky things in it. So a couple things about that picture. Okay. One of the spooky things in it, Kat, you made for me. I did. Right? It's a picture of, and tell tell them what it is because I don't know how to say it right. So it's a diamond dots art so it's for you guys that have kids you know I'm I have a 15 year old that introduced me to it and she doesn't do it anymore because she doesn't have the patience for it (laughs) but I ended up really liking it um it's basically color by numbers but it's with bedazzles so (laughs) so it's just it's you know like I said it's color by numbers but you have little little diamondy thingies that you put in there and it makes the picture all sparkly and pretty and stuff and it's just really mm-hmm. relaxing and therapeutic and I got a whole Halloween package last year and I have one for my a friend of mine that I need still need to send out um, and then there was one of the new It movie mm-hmm. and that's Cindy's favorite It and it was on if you guys remember it was on her 
what was it, top 10 mm-hmm. favorite scary movies and so I was like I can't not do that one and, and not <laughs> give it to Cindy so that is something that I, I gave her when we met up at Nanny's house and it is awesome that thing is creepy as crap and I love it <laughs> so it's sitting right on top of the the kids the do not top. love it no they don't <laughs> they literally don't come into my office anymore which is you know not a bad thing good <laughs> They don't like that picture that you made of it. He's like standing above Georgie and they're they both in like clown paint, like, you know, dead looking. And they, yeah, it's just super creepy. And then also my nanny's favorite porcelain doll is in here too. Um, I have her Nefertiti doll and it is also creepy looking. <laughs> and it's still in the case that she always had it displayed in at her house. And it's in my office. And so my kids, they just, they're, they peace out. They don't want to come in here. I'm going to need some close-ups of that, that Nefertiti at all though, because that from far away from the picture in your office, that thing is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was Nanny's favorite. I'll take some more shots of it and put it in the Facebook group. So okay. if you guys aren't in that and you do have Facebook, I know that's only for old people now or whatever, but <laughs> I'm old, so I have it. Uh, join up. Join up and go go see all the things that we post. But so. be sure to answer the questions. Yes. Because that way we can make sure you're not a robot. Even even if it's just, yep, 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 I agree or whatever, you know, whatever you want to put, totally fine. You put some funny stuff, it makes it all the better. But we can't approve people without those questions being answered. Yeah. Yeah, it's very frowned upon. So, and plus, seriously, put funny answers. We live for that. (laughs) It's hilarious. I love it. One of the questions is like, do you believe in ghosts? And I get a, we we get a lot of like, um, yeah, (laughs) like why else would I be here or Mm -hmm. whatever? But you'd be surprised every now and then somebody's like, no, but I like spooky things and scary movies. So Mm -hmm. I'm down or whatever. Always fun. So, yeah do the things um one more thing so just so you know today's topic because i don't want to make you wait too long for that um today's topic of the show is murderers who believe that they are haunted by their victims Mm -hmm. so that is what we're talking about today but right before we get into that i do want to tell you guys that in about a month from now i think roughly Uh, We are going to do an episode on the book that I published. So a a couple, two, three years ago, I published a book. I think it was two years ago. Uh, Three. Anyway, doesn't matter. (laughs) You wrote a book. I wrote a freaking book and I published it. It is eight short stories. And each of those short stories is based on a different phobia. So Fear of spiders, clowns, needles, tight spaces, uh, drowning heights, dolls. 13. The number 13. Yep. So those are all covered in this book. And each story, it's fiction. So each story, I just tried to come up with the worst case scenario for somebody who had that phobia. (laughs) Basically. Uh And so what we want to do is we want to talk about each story of that book 
And I want to tell you guys some inside things like where I got inspiration for certain things, some little inside details in the stories that you might not have noticed on your own the first time reading it. Uh, Just some fun little trivia about each of those stories and all of that. So if you don't have the book yet and you want to listen to that episode, you may want to grab it. It is not much money. It's on Amazon for, I think it's like $10 and... 90 cents or something like that. I don't even remember. (laughs) But uh, honestly, if you want a copy, like a signed copy of it, I do offer them on my Etsy store. Like if you're into that, Um, it's a little more money, but it's signed by both myself and the illustrator of the book because I did use an actual artist to do the illustrations. So if you want that, I think it's 20 on my Etsy store. Either way, grab the book read it before we do that episode and then you can like follow along with Kat and I while we talk about all the inside scoops of the different stories it'll be like the director's cut yes (laughs) yes it will but writer (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right so the author's cut there you go perfect (laughs) nice so today We're going to talk about murderers who believe they are haunted by their victims. And Kat, I would love it if you want to go first. I know that you have a few like shorter ones. So I don't know. You can like do all of them at once if you want, or we can go back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will let you guys know too, both Cindy and I had some trouble (laughs) finding Mm -hmm good stories to tell you guys Um, just because when you try and search you know murderers haunted by their victims you're just gonna find a whole lot of he felt guilty and he he was haunted by his actions not like actual she was in my jail cell like Mm -hmm. not leaving me alone kind of thing so that was definitely fun. And of course, we didn't want to give you guys Al Capone because that is one of the most mm-hmm. common haunted by their victim stories out there. Oh, it's on yeah. every website. Yeah. <laughs> so these ones are a little bit off the wall. We will give you guys um, a heads up trigger warning, of course, that this does involve murder, of course, mm-hmm. um, strangulation, uh, burning, uh, desecration of human remains all that kind of stuff Um, a couple of mine involve younger women so late teenagers 17, 18 yeah, earlier teenagers actually yeah, but uh, nothing beyond that we found a couple stories about darker stuff and we're just like you know what, we probably don't need to go that far down the rabbit hole it's a Um, a bit much (laughs) bit much, but (laughs) Heads up, of course, this this episode will include some dark stuff. So, listener discretion advised. So my first story is about Victor Emawuga. He hired a taxi driver for a long journey in 2013, and halfway through his ride, Victor pulled out a gun, killed the driver, and drove off in the taxi. He soon repeated his crime, and Victor became the suspect in the murders, and he had to go on the run. He was soon joined by his second victim's ghost, which had started to haunt and attack him. 
The ghost constantly appeared in Victor's dreams and even slapped him while he slept. He could not get a decent night's sleep, and the torment became unbearable, and so Victor told a friend of his about the murders. His friend called the police and told them that Victor was driving one of the victim's taxis. Police found and arrested Victor. He confessed to the murders and expressed his regrets for his actions. Victor advised his fellow criminals to change their lifestyle to avoid being haunted by their victims' ghosts. Mm. So did he say that the, the haunting continued after he got caught, or did it stop? There wasn't mention of that, so I'm not mm. 100% sure. I just thought it was hilarious that he, like, got reformed in prison and like went on a tangent of telling other people listen guys you gotta quit doing this or you're gonna get haunted <laughs> <laughs> right not because it's a terrible thing and you should never do it mm-hmm. but just you're gonna yeah. get haunted mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was i i kind of thought that was that was interesting <laughs> nice um my second story is john nakuna And in South Africa in 2002, John Nakuna and two friends kidnapped Bob Rule Beloy, Beloy, and they tied Beloy up with pieces of cloth and then beat him up. Nakuna and his friends, Nakuna and his friends doused Beloy with gasoline and set him on fire. Ooh, yeah. Beloy's charred remains were later found by a cattle herder who called the police. Nakuna fled to another city to escape his charges. However, he was soon haunted by Beloy's ghost. He heard Beloy's voice every night saying, Just tell my family that you are the one who murdered me and you'll start sleeping in peace or you'll follow me. Nakuna was terrified and went to the Beloy family to confess to the murder. Nakuna and his friends were arrested, but charges were withdrawn from his friends. He pled not guilty in court, though the court used his confession to create a conviction, and Nakuna was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Mm, Wow. So it sounds like he might have still been alive when he lit him on fire, because they said they beat him up. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, I'd haunt the crap out of him too. Right, that is some serious. I don't know if ghosts can do this, but I would make him feel like he was on fire all the time. <laughs> I'd like to think so, depending on how much energy you have, you know. Because mm-hmm. we—that's always been one of our discussions—is yeah. is how much energy does it take to manifest? How much energy does it take to? Um, you know, move an object or something like that. Cause that's, that's what they always, that's what your, your EMF is on mm-hmm. ghost hunting shows and stuff like that. It's, you know, electromagnetic frequency. And so it's, it's literally energy in the air and stuff like that. So I'd like yeah. to think that if there was enough wrath and, and anger behind your death, that you could do some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. And my third story is this was actually number this guy was number one on the list that I had found of of murderers who were haunted by their victims. This guy's name is Terry Childs. Mm -hmm. 
1987, Terry Child stabbed a girl, 17-year-old girl, Lois Sagala, to death. He was convicted of murder and sentenced to 41 years in prison. While he was in prison, he confessed to several more murders. One of his victims was Linda Ann Yozovich. In 1979, he had kidnapped her from a parking lot and then beat, strangled, and stabbed her repeatedly. Mm. Childs hid her body in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and it took over a decade to find the remains. Childs claimed that he had confessed to the murders to free himself from his demons. He said that he was haunted by the ghosts of his victims. Child saw them in his cell, staring at him and eating up his brains, quote unquote. <laughs> he claimed that Jozovich had haunted him. However, she disappeared after he confessed to her murder. Child's confessions have increased his prison sentence to life without parole. Mm. But at least it's life without ghosts eating his brains. Right. So... <laughs> See, that's why I can never murder anybody. I would definitely be haunted by them, for sure. I'm way too sensitive. I can't kill people. <laughs> well, that's good, you know. You guys are safe. You're compass. safe for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my good night. Although it was decided that if we ever get stranded, you and I ever get stranded, and if you die, I wouldn't kill you. But if you die, mm -hmm. I will eat you if I have to. <laughs> okay but if you die first i can't eat you or i'll get sick so that's not fair <laughs> well like death of nat well yeah that's true. i'll just bury you and then i'll eat the plants that grow from there me. you go there you go <laughs> that's the best i can do and cindy just so you guys have reference um cindy is hardcore vegan uh for health reasons not because she wants extra special attention <laughs> um so that's that's why she couldn't eat me <laughs> yeah i can't have any animal protein at all and we know what an animal you are so <laughs> but to be fair i started veganism because of health reasons mm -hmm. but i am actually a hardcore vegan vegan now like my makeup is vegan my clothes are vegan my mm -hmm. hair care yeah i'm one of those i'm sorry guys i'm sorry going to a restaurant <laughs> with her is super fun i did not know all the different ways potatoes could be consumed but now i do <laughs> <laughs> god i ate so many french fries <laughs> while we were on vacation because you guys i can't just not have animal protein there's a bunch of vegetables i can't eat either because of my gut so yeah i i can't probably what would you say like four times that we went out i i could only order french fries but which I freaking your husband cracks me up because he decided that the first night we were there we should go to a barbecue place <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. that was great um, it was delicious but Cindy did get to at least enjoy the barbecue sauce that was there because that was vegan <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah if you guys are from the south it was Sunny's you you know that's all you need to know Sunny's mm -hmm. Every time we go back home south, we have to eat at Sonny's because it's, we have to. It's delicious. So he, you know, 
I I took a bullet for the I took one for the team <laughs> and ate my little bowl of french fries dipped in barbecue sauce <laughs> so he could have his ribs and whatever else. So anyway. All right. So mine is just one story, but you know, it's a little longer, I guess. I don't know. Yours were better though because yours tell more detail of the actual haunting whereas my guy he was so traumatized that he would not really talk about literally what was happening. He just kept saying that he was haunted and she wouldn't leave him alone. So here's the details. He, his name is Jose Ferreira Jr. He, when he was a teenager, he murdered another fellow teenager. Her name was Carrie Ann Jopek. She was 13, but he was older. He was an older teenager. I, they don't say exactly, but I think it was like 17 or 16 or something. I don't know. So here's what happened. Carrie got in trouble at school that day. She got suspended from school. Now, there's a little debate on what she did. One said that she, like, skipped class or, I don't know, she did something like that. Another one said that she got into a confrontation with another student and, like, punched them. (gasps) Either way, I know. Either way, she got suspended, so she went home early, but she didn't go home. And the consensus is that she was scared. She didn't get along great with her stepdad and that she didn't want to go right home. So she went to hang out with friends. There was a party that night at one of the kids' houses. I guess his parents weren't home or something. Uh-huh. And so uh, the kids, she went to this party and there were kids drinking and smoking pot and all the things that teenage kids do. And she's at this party. Jose is also at this party. So he hits on her and he offers her pot. He says, you can smoke some marijuana with me if you'll go make out with me, basically. So they start heading to the basement of this house and they get to the basement stairs and she has second thoughts. And she's like, no, because he was older than her. She was only 13 and he was older teenager. So she's like, no, this is not a great idea. I shouldn't do this and changed her mind. Well, he had her right there at the stairway and he said, no, you're going downstairs with me. And he shoved her. Oh, jeez. So when he shoved her, she fell all the way down these basement stairs, hitting like the wall and the railing and the steps and whatever. When she hit the bottom, she was still unconscious, whatever. So he goes down there and he sexually assaults her because he thinks that she's knocked out. So he thinks this is an opportunity or whatever. Well, as he's doing that, while he's doing that, he said that he realized her neck was broken and that she was dead. So I guess she shifted at some point and he could visibly became aware that her neck was broken. So at that point, yeah, super gross and horrible. Uh (laughs) So he panics as teenagers do, and he drags her to an, like an alternative exit for the basement that that le- it's like an exterior exit. Our neighbors have leads- one on their basement, so. Ah, well, this one led to under the porch, the front porch. It it let out in the crawl space uh-huh. under the front porch. So when he drags her into that space, he realizes, like, I can do this. I can leave her here. So he finds something in the basement, I assume shovel or whatever. He digs a two-foot hole. Um, like a two foot grave and he buries her in it 
And he even comments at one point after he confesses that um, her hair was so long that her hair was sticking out of the ground still um, when he buried her and he had to like fix that or whatever. So he does that. The, that same night, I believe, hit her mom, Carrie's mom, reports her missing because she ha- she was supposed to have walked home. The school called her mom and said, she's been suspended. Do you want to pick her up or do you want her to walk home? Mom said, let her walk home because she'd done that before. It wasn't a long walk or whatever. So when she never showed up, mom reported her missing. Uh-huh. So they interviewed kids. They figured out she was at this party. They interviewed kids at the party they suspected the guy whose house it was at. They thought that he might have been the one to hurt her for whatever reason, but they never found any evidence to that. And then there were some people who were pointing to Jose, said he was acting weird. He was kind of a strange guy. He was rumored to be a witch, to practice witchcraft, this guy. So he was dipping into the paranormally kind of stuff anyway. That might be why he was open to it. Maybe. Well, if if he was just from his last name and everything like that, um, if he was of Hispanic descent and stuff like that, they actually call the uh, call witches brujas, mm. or or brujos if they're male. Ah, fun fact. Well, there was a rumor that he was dipping into that kind of stuff. So um, they thought that they the police kind of interviewed him, but they couldn't really find anything. So here's the kicker. After she goes missing, she's missing for 17 months before she's finally found. 17 so months? 17 months. She was buried under that porch and nobody knew. You would think so. the smell. Yeah, only two foot deep, you would think. Mm-hmm. You would think maybe that's why the homeowner, the mom of the one guy, maybe that's why she decided to renovate her front porch. Maybe she thought there was something there or whatever. Who knows? I don't know. But during that 17 month span, in fact, pretty shortly after um, Carrie goes missing, Jose like kind of helps to look for her and he befriends her family. He's a teenager who knew their daughter so he befriends the mom and he kind of goes to the house her house to like hang out with the parents sometimes and like reminisce about Carrie and all this stuff and he starts making odd comments about Carrie haunting him and the mom interprets it as he was friends with her they must have been close and maybe she's trying to reach out to him for help and she does not think it never crosses her mind that he's saying this because he actually took her life. Uh-huh. But he does say it to her a few times that he's that Carrie's haunting him and she won't leave him alone and he doesn't know what to do about it. So there's that. Then, so fast forward the 17 months, the homeowner decides to redo the, the um, front porch. They're digging it up. There's a con- contractor there digging it up. Jose is actually secretly watching them do work on this porch. He fi- he figures out that they're ch- changing the porch, you know, and he watches and he actually tells investigators later when he confesses, he tells them, I watched them find her. 
I watched them discover her. Oh, lovely. So he was watching the contractor dig and and found the body. And he even says, my friend, the guy who lived in the house, the other teenager, he says that my friend was there when it happened and he threw up. Like he threw up on the side of the house because of the gruesome discovery. And that's true. That did happen. So that's how they know that he really did see them find her. So after she gets discovered, somebody goes back to the police and tells them, hey man, I saw Jose standing next to that porch where they found that girl and he was crying and talking to himself and putting his arms in the air and like acting really weird, (laughs) right? So the cops interview him again and he just tells them, oh, I just, I knew her in life and I was so sad when they found her and I was just, I I was mourning her. sad when they found her. Right? He's like, I was mourning her or whatever. So they don't have any evidence against him still. So they, although they suspect him now, they can't do anything about Mm -hmm. it. So it goes cold. They never discover that it's him for 33 years. Wow. He finally confesses 33 years later because he's married now. Like he has a life and everything. But he says that she has been haunting him his whole life since it happened. And he's been trying to get away from it and like um, unsuccessfully trying to get rid of her, basically. And she won't leave him alone. She will not. So after 33 years, he finally snaps and says, I got to turn myself in because it's the only way. It's the only way that she will leave me alone. So how he does it is that he confesses to his wife because she was estranged from him. And the his thought process was, if I confess this to her, uh, maybe she'll have mercy on me and she won't leave because she was threatening to divorce him at the time for unrelated issues. So he confesses it to her, but she's not sure. She doesn't realize he it's for real. She At first, she's like scared by it. She doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, this is a really weird thing to say to make me stay with you. (laughs) Right? So that would be the opposite effect (laughs) for most anybody. So then he calls a reporter, like a a news reporter. And he tells the news reporter what he did back in 1982 is when this happened. March of 1982. So, uh, which is about the time I was turning three years old. (laughs) So he tells this reporter what he did, but again, he doesn't give identification. So they don't know exactly who he is. Then the third thing he does, I'm not sure if he does all this on the same day or if this is in a group within a few days, but it's very close together. Then he calls a crisis line. And this is what gets him caught. So he calls a crisis line and he tells them what he did. But he actually told them the address he lived at when he committed the crime. So he doesn't live there anymore. But he did tell them the address he lived at when he did it. And they immediately, when he hangs up, because he, they start trying to get ID and he, he hangs up. They immediately call 911 and they tell them, and it did not take the police long at all to look up that address and figure out who was living there at, at that time and realized it was him. And he was one of their suspects anyway. So they immediately 
go out and get him. Well, here's here's an interesting little side note. When he confesses to this crime 33 years later, he is living two houses down from the house that Carrie lived in when he killed her. Well, alrighty. So he's still in her neighborhood, literally two houses down from where she used to live when he offed her. So of course he's haunted by her. She's everywhere. <laughs> like, so he tells he tells the crisis people. They call the police. The police find him. When the police find him, he he goes ahead and confesses everything. And he tells them also, she's haunting me. She has not left me alone all this time. The only way I can be done with this is just to confess it and deal with it. So they start to charge him. At first, the defense wants to try and blame it on the other kid that was throwing the party because it happened at his house. And they want to try to say, oh, she tripped down the stairs of his house while everybody was drunk, blah, blah, blah. But he says, no, no, she won't leave me alone unless I confess this. Right. So he won't, he won't do it. So he ends up, they offer him a plea deal and he takes it. So he... He confesses to lesser charges. I think the charges were like sexual assault and like kidnapping for pushing her down the stairs against her will or something like that. Instead of lesser charges. Like accidental involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, something to that effect. So he ends up getting them um, all together. He gets seven years in prison. Yeah, not much. So he does his time. He does the time, and now he's out. Uh, let me look at my notes. He is um, a registered sex offender, and it says that he's under community supervision. <laughs> so I, I guess bet that he means, is. Yeah, <laughs> the community is on him. And he's in Glendale, Wisconsin, is where he lives now. So, yeah, he's, like, free walking around the earth still to this day. But... And, and he never tells details. He He's very quiet about the haunting. He, he's The implication is that he was so disturbed by it. I mean, like in the news, they said that he was mentally ill, that he had a severe drinking problem. But if you think about it, if somebody is that haunted by someone that they murdered, of course they're going to drink a lot. Uh-huh. Of course they're going to appear to have mental illness. Yeah. Because you did some shit. Yeah. And now it's literally haunting me. (laughs) So I was disappointed. I searched for a good hour trying to find some detail about how he was haunted. And I couldn't find that. But the fact that he was possibly practicing witchcraft around the time that he did the murder. And then um, them saying, oh, he drinks and he's mental illness, blah, blah, blah. And him confessing to the mom that he thought she was haunting him before her body was even found. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I don't know about you. I think he probably really was haunted by this girl's spirit in some way, shape or form. Definitely. In fairness though, 33 years, dude has some serious like willpower. Right. That's what I thought too. (laughs) Like, I am sure that sounds terrible for some of you guys, but keep in mind, we are very dark people on this podcast. Like 33 years to keep a seat. I am terrible. I can't even buy a present without telling someone <laughs> like less than a week later after I bought it. So 
Can you imagine feeling like you're haunted by the spirit of someone you killed for 33 years? It took that long for her to break him down. Good for her, like, though, for, for keeping it going. Like, she's she's yeah. got stamina, too. I wish we could find out if he still feels haunted by her. Or if she did leave him alone when he, like, confessed and all that. I don't know. He doesn't talk about it to anybody. His wife did leave him, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and when you're on that sex offender list, you know... Your life is pretty much over. Yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot you can do at that point. Well, and I mean, you know why he got... He's out after seven years, too. Mm-hmm. The statute of limitations, if he if he pled mm-hmm. to a lesser... Like, if if, man's, if manslaughter was not part of the deal, um, like, murder in no way, shape, or form was in there, then the statute of limitations. Yeah. There, there was no murder in the in the charges that he pled to mm-hmm. their murder was not part of them it was lesser it was one was sexual offense or sexual assault something to that effect and the other one involved him pushing her into the basement mm-hmm. so it was like kidnapping or or like um imprisonment or something like that yeah yeah so yeah. that's for anyone curious as to why you know this guy killed this girl why didn't he you know serve justice kind of thing um, you can only be convicted of certain crimes for X amount of years after that crime was committed. So, and the only, uh, the only limitation on that is murder. So yeah, that's why he never, he didn't serve, you know, life in prison or anything like that. Yeah. I did hear a news report after he got convicted and went to jail where they interviewed the mom again after all these years. Mm -hmm. And she still said, she said that when he confessed, he also said, I'm doing this because she's still haunting me and I can't get rid of her. And I just, I need her to stop and leave me alone. So the mom still avidly believes to this day that her daughter haunted him until he Oh, I'm sure. I would think so. Yeah. That's a good story, so, though. Yeah, right? It's it's very much a good true crime story. I mean, I believe he really was haunted by her. Mm-hmm. Based on what they said. And yours were good, too. Yours had more haunting info, <laughs> which I like. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we got for you guys today. A little true crime mixed with a little spooky spooky haunting yeah some spooks so in the next few weeks uh we'll be doing a um submission episode where we're going to read some more submitted stories and i am working on a story i want to get it right i haven't written a story in a while and i want this one to be good because i love this (laughs) storyline so this is a good one i dig it I hope you guys dig it too. So hopefully I'll have that done in the next couple weeks. And then, you know, about a month from now, maybe-ish, we'll be talking about the stories in my book. And my book is called Parade of Nightmares. I don't think I ever said that. Not here, but you have before. (laughs) Not on this episode, though. (laughs) It's Parade of Nightmares. It's eight short stories in one book. And it's a pretty quick read. The stories are not super lengthy, and I've been told that it's good bedtime stories, <laughs> but 
that's a little weird because they are horror. <laughs> like, and that book is not kid friendly, you guys. Yeah, Don't she told it. me that like right off the bat because she's Cindy was gracious enough to send me a, a signed copy from herself. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Thank you. We're like totally going to sit down like as a family and read a story every night. And she's like, don't do that. Don't do that. I highly, like, I know your kid's a little bit older. Still, hard pass. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's your judgment. So like, read the story first is what I would Mm -hmm. say. Read the story first. And then if you feel like it's something you want your kid exposed to, then that's on you. (laughs) There are definitely a few in that book for sure that I would not read to a minor. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, the mildest one in the whole book is the fear of the number 13. That's probably the mildest story in the book. So, and that's one that you did read on the, on the show before. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. You can find that as an episode. I think I did it on Friday the 13th. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, fear of the number 13 (laughs) in the story it happens on friday 13th so there you go or does it (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's what we got love chit-chatting with you guys and until next time we'll spook you later